And welcome back to the program. This is Gesundheit with Jacobus. I am your host, Jacobus Holloway, Dana Mikkel, with us in the studio talking about a long-term relationship and specifically the importance of a healthy sexual relationship, intimacy, desire, sensuality, the things that go with that. How, what an important part it is. As, as Dana mentioned before, we talking about the body, mind, and spirit. And instead of seeing them separate, they really are all part of the whole. So we need to develop every part of that whole in order to have the ultimate experience and the man who has the ultimate experience at least once a day is with us in the studio as well uh, chuck good morning to you good morning jacobus yeah it's uh, it's great to know that we have an expert here that's right <laughs> that's me <laughs> thanks for being with us chuck why thank you <laughs> um I, I was looking over here at an article that I have. It's from the website, thenewintimacy.com. It says, so what can we do to actually succeed at love? Most of us desire an intimate relationship in order to feel loved, connected, to share passionate sex, to feel good about ourselves and overcome loneliness. We look for a partner with whom we can grow and share our spiritual discoveries. On one hand, we dream of perfection, the sublime union with our soulmate, spiritual and magical. Yet in real life, it's more often true that we enter into relationship worried and insecure, not knowing how to actually create a long-lasting, spiritual, fulfilling love. And I think that uh, that uh, that is that is very apropos. I would say based on what we are discussing today, Dana. Yes, it is. It, it, I think it speaks well to what we all want, what we what we look for. Um, and what we're talking about is the, the challenges of actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the difference between the fantasy and the romance when we start, and the reality of the relationship. Um, presents us with challenges um and for the relationship to survive and sustain it will need to grow yes and so what we're talking about is how how can you do that how can two individuals make that happen and 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 i see that and i know plenty people um who are not intimate with each other and do not have a lot of physical connection intercourse sexual relationship but still do their best to make it work and and they might just say you know what that's just the way it is and we accept it because divorce is not an option so in a way they're unhappy in their relationship but they want to hold on to it because it is better than the alternative so it it is it to really get the best out of the relationship that you had in mind when you started the relationship you need to work at it. Well, I would say that the couple you describe, which I think is very common, yeah, um, is is who we are talking about this morning. Yes, in fact, Good point. and that the idea, my idea, is that that couple, um, they may have decided that you know this is all we get, this is good enough. However, that you know they may think about it. Um, but what I would like to suggest is. There are ways in which that couple could enrich 
their relationship. And in all likelihood, um, they do have a desire for more mm-hmm. and that they would like to see more in their relationship, but they have not been able to find a way to get there. Um, and the idea here is that there is a way uh, for couples like that to, to start thinking and working individually and collaboratively to build a healthier relationship, yeah. one that does include a healthy sex life. And I, I don't want to um, start pointing fingers here. I don't want to say, oh, let's put it all in this category. But in my work, I see on a regular basis men and women come in with a libido issue. They, they say, we want it, but it's just not there. And then often I find out that, you know, I, I'm, I'm always thinking, okay, what can I do? What can, how can I help? What do I hear in how they're expressing themselves? And then all of a sudden I forgot to ask them, are you on some type of medication? And we're finding out that so many people have, are diagnosed with having some kind of an, a depression that they go on an antidepressant. And because a doctor says, uh, well, you know, they're not diagnosing a thyroid disorder, for example, correctly. So there is the apathy. There is the little anxiety, little fatigue, want to sleep more, always sensitive to cold and heat, uh, lowering libido. And they go to the physician and physician checks them and says, well, there's no problem with your thyroid, even though there is. But the numbers don't add up. And I've talked about it in a previous show. So people actually do have a thyroid problem with these type of symptoms, but the doctor says, no, there's no problem, and they just haven't been tested correctly. So now, with all these expressions, people go back to the doctor, and the doctor says, well, I have a feeling there's so much going on in your life, you're probably depressed, I'm going to put you on a Prozac or a little Valium or something, which actually takes away, there is still the desire. These people may go into uh, internet porn or uh, read magazines because there is the desire. They just don't know how to communicate that with the partner who they really would like to be intimate with. Well, you brought up a number of really important issues, one of which is that um, very often medicines, medications do affect um, functioning in a wide range of areas. You know, almost every medication that we might take, yeah. every pharmaceutical is going to have side effects. Yes. Um, and yeah, one, one of the common side effects of antidepressants is, is a decrease in libido, of yeah. sexual desire. Even in cholesterol medication. Okay. So, you know, as is always the case in any situation where we're talking uh, about the emotional, the psychological aspect of, of yeah. a human being, it's always important to take into consideration you know the the medical issues yes you know and to rule out uh any potential medical reasons why someone might have um low desire but you know even the subject itself is very interesting if we stop and think for a minute about low desire well low desire what is that and what's high desire and compared compared to what um oh yeah of course David Snarch presents the idea that in every relationship, there's a low desire partner and a high desire partner. And that very often this creates conflict, if you will, in the erotic space between them. And those roles may change. Those roles can change. That's, that's absolutely true. Uh, he talks about how the, you know, the low desire partner controls sexuality because, um, the low desire partner is the one who's going to determine. Says no. Precisely. Yeah. By the process of elimination. Yeah. Um, 
But it's really interesting if you stop and examine what's going on there. Why might this him or her, because it can be either, not have a desire to be sexual with their partner? And it, when we look at those examples, you know, in, in cases and case histories, it's very interesting that it is all tied up again. What we talked about before, the meanings of sex, um, uh, our histories, what we bring to them, what our expectations are. Um, and, and actually, very often, it's really not about someone's desire to be sexual, but their capacity to do so. I see. Uh-huh. And so uh, perhaps another way to put this is that in order to maintain and sustain the erotic in one's life, you know, we need we need to have the capacity to do so. We need to be able to get mm-hmm. past, dis, dis, you know, inhibitions and fears and that sort of thing um, to become sexual. But yes, really important to keep in mind that there are there are medical aspects here. There are medical considerations. There always are. But just. But I, I, I do believe that that is an important part. I mean, we don't want to make that part of the, the red line in this uh, this uh, discussion that we have today. But I do know that a lot of people are being prescribed some type of an antidepressant, and now they don't understand why they don't have those feelings. Or when they uh, men who who would like to be intimate can get an erection, but they cannot hold the erection because as part of a side effect of some of the medications that they're on. And so then they come in and they feel like, what's wrong with me? Well, again, really important to uh, take that all into consideration. And, and if you're you're struggling with a, a desire or a sexual function problem, you really need to pay attention to that and ask yeah. the right questions. Because yes, yes antidepressants very often uh, have that impact and there's lots of other medicines too. Yes. But you know, it cuts both ways. And, and in my work, I have found that, um, for instance, with men, men who find that later in life they have difficulty with an erection, and so perhaps they'll go to their doctor and they'll get a prescription for Viagra, for instance. Right. And then they find, I mean, that's a very simple, straightforward medication. It helps blood flow. And so um, as we get older, the vessels become less flexible, and, you know, this helps with blood flow. However, reading case studies in my own experience, it's very interesting very often, men feel that they're having a difficulty with that. But as their sexual relationship becomes better, and they become more confident, and their lover becomes more capable and understanding, quite often, you find men having the experience that they don't need to take Viagra. Right. That at one time, from one place, from one position of perhaps a lack of confidence, uh, a lack of you know faith in your own your own ability to perform, um, that you need this medication, and yet when the sexual relationship becomes stronger and safer, um, and uh, it, having the capacity to hold you, you know, and 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 perhaps even allow for these variations, it's very interesting that uh, a man's performance can can improve dramatically. Uh, without medication. Yes. So again, this sexuality is more than just a bodily function. And an erection doesn't just come from blood flow, but it, it comes from passion. Yes. It comes from um, feelings and, and, and the back and forth between a partner. And yes. uh, again, when we, there's a tendency when we talk about things like Viagra, we start to talk about function and we forget about the depth and the complexity mm-hmm. uh, of being erotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm glad I'm glad I was able to bring this up because I I realized that uh, uh, when 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 men, for example, men are a little bit easier to talk to me 
at the store about it. And my my question is obviously there is yes there are even herbal uh, or natural remedies that may help with erections and with uh, with uh, intimacy at the same or desire even. But at the same time, I always say, what has changed in you or what has changed in the relationship that, like we say, people may be stuck in the relationship. They feel stuck. They feel that they're not progressing, but they don't know how to communicate that with a partner. And that's what somebody like yourself would come in as a licensed clinical professional counselor, that you see the couples and that you listen to them and are help and help them to to hear their own words to to how do you observe do you actually know how things are being said um, um this is what your partner hears and and you you're more there as a as an observer and a helper to help people better communicate because communication is a big part of of desire don't you think so good communication Absolutely, and, and and good communication is is defined by what by what you say, how you say it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, there's many aspects to it. As you were talking, I remembered a, a couple that I worked worked with um, a while back, and um, they came in, and, and 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 the wife was just you know you you could see on her face she was just at the end of her rope. Oh. It was like her spirit was crushed. Uh, she was just carrying this enormous burden. Um, he was, you know, kind of fired up and agitated and uh, really concerned about his wife. And, and he came in and he was just so intense on their financial predicament and how they needed a plan. He just kept talking about the plan. She has to buy into the plan. She's, she's got to understand we need a plan to get out of this. And he was so focused that his marriage was going to make it or not based on whether he could convince his wife to buy into this financial plan. Um, and this went on for several sessions. And wow. she, she's just overwhelmed by it. She's almost in tears the whole time. Yeah. And he's very agitated. And talk about this plan. And and um, so I just, I just said to them both at one point, I just said that I thought that um, irregardless of whether uh, they could get together on this financial plan. I didn't think that that was really going to have much impact on the relationship. Uh, and I said to him, I said, I think the problem with your relationship is emotional. And um, he was infuriated. He was absolutely infuriated with me. In fact, I almost lost them. You know, it was, but, but they did come back. And um, eventually he got this, uh, he, he, he decided, even though he wasn't really buying into it, that he'd give it a try. And so he started to try and connect emotionally with his wife, which for him involved listening right. instead of talking, I see. you know. And after a while, he was able to come in and just say, you know, I didn't believe you. I thought you were full of it. And yet, you know, by doing this and getting away from this insistence on this external thing, right. uh, this plan, um, their finances, you know, their their the whole structure of the family from an economic perspective, uh, you know, they started to come in and she was a lot more upbeat. She was a lot more positive. Yeah. She could smile. She could look at him. They could actually look at each other and exchange um, their feelings and their thoughts. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, this idea that uh, it's in the emotional realm. Yeah. You know, staying connected. And it's, it's not necessarily what you're saying, but how you're saying it. Mm -hmm. And are you, are you able to? 
be there separately with some kind of strength, with some kind of um, internal self-control so that you, you know, you can be creative and constructive with your partner, um, face these challenges um, and work through them. Yeah. Very, um, very often I will talk to people about the difference between working through something and just acting it out. You know, when we, when we have, for instance, we're angry, we get angry. If we don't express it, if we don't channel it, then it's going to come out some way. And I, I use the phrase, come out sideways. You know, it'll come out our ears. We'll yes. make some mean comment. We'll do some cruel thing to somebody because we're not passive, passive aggressiveness. That's one way. That's one of the ways. Yeah. Yep. So in um, a way you are acting on it. It is just that it may not be becoming passive aggressive or indeed being giving the silent treatment or just giving snappy remarks. It's coming out sideways, but it is coming out. That's exactly the point. It's going to come out. Now, the terms I like to use is now, now how is it going to come out? Is it going to come out in the way you just described, which I would describe as destructive? That is going to be harmful to the relationship or can it come out in a constructive way? Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, anger is a great example. Anger, when um, understood, engaged, and, and channeled, utilized, anger is a very good thing. It's a really important emotion that we need. Most often we think about anger as a bad thing because we think about anger as someone being out of control. Yeah. But there is such a thing as a person who is angry and they are in control. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, are, they are taking that anger, channeling that energy constructively, yeah. creatively. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, communication is important, but you can have destructive communication, uh, and then right. you can have you can have constructive communication. Uh-huh. And very often, it's not about the content, but it's about the feeling of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's about the emotional exchange. Mm-hmm. You mentioned looking across the room and having a connection with someone. You know, that's a that's a nonverbal emotional connection and communication. Yes. And so, um, it is important what's said, absolutely. But again, many things cannot be said until they can be said with a certain way, right. which involves, again, two fairly strong, solid people, one who can listen and one who can speak, speak but speak constructively. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing that uh, sometimes may be a block is that once children get involved, uh, when there is not good communication going on between the partners, you have a, there is a tendency to, fo- to put all the focus on the children and uh, and and not on the actual relationship that brought the children on the planet. Children present enormous grandchildren, yes. Children present enormous challenges and, and I, I often talk to couples, don't forget that the one thing that you have to give your children is your relationship. That's totally because that's what they're looking at. They are going time. to grow up in your relationship, so do not forget to take care of it and nurture it and keep it strong. All the, right. the children need your relationship. All right. Uh, great, great comment. Uh, we'll be back, uh, folks. Uh, one more hour to go with uh, Dana Mikel. Stay tuned. We will be right back. <laughs> 